Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. This is just a reminder that everything on the podcast is intended to be informational, educational, and entertaining. This is no way a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic process. If you find yourself in need of more direct support, please reach out for professional help. Or if you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or call 911. Hey everyone, it's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast. Today, the special guest I have with me today is the founding director of Profluence, Claudia Lopez. Welcome, Claudia. How are you? I'm great, LaShonda. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here chatting with you. It's been a while. It has been a while, and I'm so excited to talk with you and just to share you with my listeners because you're so awesome. So I am going to start like I start with all of my guests and ask, what is your labor of love? Yes, um, well, that's that's a great question. And uh, I I try to come from a place of love more frequently. I I tend to come from a place of duty and on uh, what's right for for me and the world but uh i think my labor of love is connection integration um union um which is very difficult to really grasp because through our eyes out in the world we see individual things individual individuals people and and objects um and it's hard to really feel how we are all connected and everything is connected. So that's that's a connection outwardly. I also work to promote integration within the self. So within the different centers of intelligence that we all have, uh, besides the intelligence of data and information, which is great, but it's not the only one. We have a deep knowing and we have the intelligence of the body. So yes, I think that's, that's my labor of love. I love it. Thank you. So, so many things I want to talk about with you today, but let's start with kind of how this became, how integration, connection, unification, kind of this, um, this labor of love that you've now identified. How do you believe that became a labor of love? Where is that rooted for you? Yeah. I I think that's that's very ancient that's very old in myself. I as I was growing up, I was very interested in everything and every aspect academically. Um I always, you know, I was a good student. Um but there was a there was a quest for me, so I I studied and I thought I was going to go back to Colombia, where I'm from. Uh, I wanted to work in government, so I wanted to make a difference um, in that sense, you know, unite with the people. Uh, And um, I ended up staying here and I took a detour. I worked um, at the university and but I learned a lot of important things in this quest for union. a lot. I learned a lot about difference uh, within that shared humanity. So while while I was um, in my position at the university at Miami University, I learned a lot about um, sexual difference and um, orientation and uh, ethnic difference and nationality and religious all the aspects of human identity. So that really was a pivotal experience for me. Then I went on to work uh, with the United Nations and with uh, another organization, um, a nonprofit. But still, you know, that, that, that actually made me very aware of a separation, that, that kind of work that ironically I was looking to unite, to make um, better, uh, the world better, I guess, idealistically speaking, um, made me very aware of separation, of hierarchies, of um, structures of domination, of 
um, things that that I I realized I didn't have to be in there to to impact to make a a difference. So that's when I when I decided to go deeper on my yoga studies and I became a Chivamukti yoga teacher. And from there, I transitioned into what I do today, is, which is coaching. Um, and I did it through uh, studying the Enneagram and uh, other forms of coaching. So I, in a coaching session or even in a yoga session, um, first of all, that's a gift for me. It's uh, an opportunity to be present, um, to be completely in the present, which is is really magical, and allow things to come through me and and be a conduit and an element of uh, positive or profound change for people. So it's it's for me to get out of the way and unite with what what I consider the field, whatever it is, like right now, you and I, uh, wherever we are, we're building a field. So to be aware of that field, it's it's so magical. And for me, that I said at the beginning, I focus, I tend to, to come from a habit of uh, doing what's right. Uh, I, the field provides me with softness, with that presence and with with doing the right thing but not the right thing that I prescribe but whatever it is appropriate just like a catalyst in the moment so that was a long answer for your question I hope um I was I I made sense you made perfect sense thank you um kind of the origin of where that started for you and noticing separations in ways that didn't have to be and kind of uh, igniting you a, a longing and a quest for kind of uniting and integration. I love that. So not necessarily a detour, but I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about the Enneagram, if that's okay. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited. So I I haven't had any guests and I, I haven't talked about the Enneagram really um, on any podcast episode or any of my videos, but I know that I was introduced to it um, a couple of years ago. So it is still very new to me. And what I can say is I, I always describe it as this ocean deep and I have like a toe in. So not an expert at all, but the little bit I do know has added some very rich texture to how I conceptualize my um, engagements and interactions and experiences with other people. So before we talk any specifics, can you just give a general overview? Because I have a feeling that there may be some of my listeners who have never heard of the Enneagram before. So what is the Enneagram? Yes, Lashanda. So the Enneagram, the Enneagram is an instrument. It's a system of studies for, to study the personality of human personality and the word itself starts to give us clues about what it is so enya comes from the greek that means nine and gram is something a graph or something a figure so enneagram represents a figure uh, that is a circle and it's uh, it contains nine types nine types of uh, personalities and uh, the the Enneagram is complex is rich and it's not only about nine types then it comes the instincts and uh, different variations which makes this it gives more texture to to these nine types but um, to begin with is these nine types and the Enneagram is has been used widely in uh, therapy in human resources, in companies in general. And I like to see it as a map. So systems, methodologies like these can, can, you can really, you can do anything that you want with an instrument, right? You can do things that are positive or you can go and do things that hurt you or others. So it's the same with the Enneagram. You can box people in. You can just label people and, and leave it at that and yourself. 
Um, I like to describe the Enneagram as just imagine that you have a big mansion, right? You have a big mansion and it's a wonderful place and you live in this little room. And when you find out about your room, you start um, organizing the room and cleaning it and decorating it and feel, feeling proud of it and talking about it, uh, which, is a, which is great. I mean, it's part of a journey. Um, and the point, uh, the point is really to open the door and start stepping outside, which is unfamiliar territory. It's unknown, so it has to be scary. Uh, but, but to little by little, kind of stepping out of that comfort zone into the circle. So into the circle. So each of the nine types, we all have that inside, but we decide to fixate from one type specifically. And as we step out of that type, it's not that we change it, by the way, we don't, when we study the Enneagram and we start working with it, it's not like we're changing the type. We're just growing into the type mm-hmm. and becoming more integrated, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, that that is so good. Thank you. Um, I like that you described it as an um, an instrument, a tool. Um, you know, I was talking with Jay earlier this week and we were talking about something else. But, you know, I said any tool that is misused can become a weapon. And it's just so, whatever it is, the the most valuable, helpful tool ever, if misused, can become a weapon. And so, yeah, I can definitely see how that can be the same for anything, including the Enneagram. But I also loved how you talked about it as an instrument of integration. So, you know, once I was introduced to it, I knew a few people who were pretty, um, pretty, heavily involved in learning more about it for themselves and for others. And I, at the time was like, listen, I don't have capacity <laughs> like to learn anything else, to care about anything else. You know, this was like finishing up grad school, like starting a business twins, you know, family. I was like, I, I don't, whatever. I don't have the capacity. Um, but when I did allow myself to just, you know, um, be open to hearing a little bit more about it. I, I, I think it's so fascinating the fact that we have all of these nine types, but we generally kind of operate from a particular type. Um, and it integrates very, very well with the trauma work, um, that I do. It has been very instrumental when I talk about the inner child work and my littles. Um, I, um, as a primary type of functioning, I function um, out of a, a space of two, um, which is the helper. Um, and I would say, you know, I'm classic textbook two um, in some ways. But as I grow, as I heal, you know, as I become more aware of the various parts of me, it's funny, I'll go places and people who are familiar with the two will say, or f- familiar with the Enneagram may say, I had someone recently say, you're an eight, aren't you? <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not. Okay. However, um, my understanding is um, when I, I can go to an eight, I can come from a place mm-hmm. of eight um, as a two. And, you know, if you're not familiar, it's kind of like, what are you talking about with the number? So, you know, I know I could give it, but Claudia, I think you'll do a much better job. Can you just tell us a little bit about each type, you know, what it's, what, you know, the title of the type and even how, how it's broken down into three, um, I don't even know what the proper word is, three sections, the head, heart, <laughs> and oh yes, and, the body. Yeah. and um, mm-hmm. so as we continue to talk, people aren't like, what numbers are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. well, uh, this is, this is just a, a quick, uh, quick idea um, because I, I really like when I talk about types, I like to almost transport people so they can be in the space of the type. Mm-hmm, they can mm-hmm. really be in the shoes, right? Feel the, the, what, it, what it's felt from that space. And we, we have felt, as I said, we, we have felt sometimes those, those things. So yeah, the centers of intelligence, that's what you refer to. So we have, and this is for all humans, right? We have three centers of intelligence. We have the gut center or the body center, right? Um, this, this is in, instinctual knowing. This is, um, we are um, perceiving and relating to the world through the body, through this kind of knowing. 
um, very action oriented. And the types, types eight, nine, and one are in this center of intelligence. Then we have the heart center, which is the space of feelings, of, of feeling, of relationship. Um, there is a, a struggle of the types in this center with, with shame. Um, and for, by the way, for the uh, body types, the struggle is with anger. And, uh, and the types in the heart center, going back to the heart center, the types in that center are two, three, and four. And then we have the head center. And uh, the head center is the world of ideas, the world of um, information. And the types in that center, which are five, six, and seven, um, struggle with uh, feeling um, relevant and feeling um, that they have substance. They have, um, there is a, a word that I always forget, uh, but um, it, it's around, there is a more precise word, but now it's escaping me. Um, so the point is that we align, again, going back to alignment, align these three centers. We are in the body, we, we, we breathe, right? The breath is the connection between the body and the mind. The breath is the, the magical key to be in the present moment, because if you think about it, really, you cannot breathe in the future, in the past. So mm -hmm. at any time, if you just release into the breath, it's a magical way of coming into the present moment. And then we are aware of our emotions. We humans, um, emotions are something very, very important for us, right? We we store emotions. We We learn through emotions. We are fearful. Um, there are many things that happen with emotions. And then uh, with this alignment, then in the present moment, we have this openness to possibility, to the, the, the wisdom and a little bit of kind of like what I was saying before, um, that knowing of the field, uh, it's a higher knowing. So we can release and, and not worry about the, the remembering data. It's, it's just a knowing that is beyond any, any concept. So these are the centers. I already mentioned which types are in each uh, center. And we can quickly say, uh, you know, let's start with one. So type one, and I usually don't refer to a name because people, uh, the, the Enneagram, um, people who study the Enneagram, they all use different terms. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I say type one. Well, I can mention the type one is referred to as perfectionist or reformer too. Um, so I happen to be a type one. Um, type ones, we, we, we are in connection. Our focus of attention goes to what can be improved, what, what's wrong and it is very hard for us to sit around and, and think that someone else should or would uh, fix it. We, we feel responsible. It's a huge burden of responsibility to, to perfect the world. And it, that's impossible. So perfection is not part of our reality. So the, the journey for type one is to really um, find that serenity in the present moment just as it is with everything, whether from our perspective looks perfect or imperfect. And um, then we go to type two, and type two is um, sometimes called the helper. Uh, so type twos really know deeply. I like to see types as, as knowing deeply. And when we go through that journey of the type, we are equipped to teach humanity about it. So type two knows about love, knows about service, knows about doing, giving, um, from, from a place of love. And like all types, we get in our own way. So when we get in our own way is when we, we replace, we replace love. And we think that by doing, in, in the case of type two, by doing, we are going to get the love that we want, that we all, all humans, we, we all want that. Um, so it can get some, some people uh, and this is very unconscious. It can get to manipulation, so to doing, to receiving. Uh, 
and uh, and the the way out really is through humbleness to be humble humble is a beautiful word i love it because it comes from humus which is is earth so to be humble is to really recognize that we are all the same and we come from the same place um and then we have type three uh, so two and three already we are in heart center territory type three uh, is all interested very interested in um in wherever they go they're focused to what what is it that I need to be successful? What is it that this environment um, says deems successful? And they they quickly adapt to that. They they're they're successful people because they're really tuning to that image. Is also um, a great play in in the type three and the seat. So the the vice each type, and I've referred to already in the other types, the seed is the device of type three, and uh, is mainly the seed to themselves because the image that they create, that they think they need to create in the world, is um, not necessary. It's not necessary. It's the place of um, their 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 beautiful heart. It's what the world wants to see. And um, yeah, and um, okay, so then we have type four. Type four, and, and again, sometimes I'm doing these very abbreviated. So listeners might who might know their type or might not know their type, they might think, but but this is unfair. So there is much more context and texture to type. But um, so in the case of type four, type fours and type sixes are one of the types that more that um, come in, in more variety. You feel that such big difference within the type four and within the type six. So type four is lives in the in the world of feeling deep feeling, um, a bit of nostalgia. You know, the old time, the past is always better, um, and they can because they live in that deep feeling place. They can connect to other people in their deep feelings, and they want to be different. So they want to. Their, their identity, that what they want to do is to be different to others. And they can do this in many ways, um, the way they dress. So they, they want to really be different. And, and for type, type four, then uh, their, their quest, their journey will take them to a place of equanimity, to know that a little is similar to type one, uh, that serenity, but this equanimity is more internal. What um, they, who they are, that's okay. It's it's uh, it's perfect. It's uh, beautiful, um, and they don't have to do anything extra or or to be different to to get to that beautiful place of equanimity. Type five. Type five is. Now we're going into head center territory. And type five is the one who wants to know. They want to know. They want to understand. Uh, so th they study a lot and they study, you know, imagine someone who's studying. There is a distance. There is an observing. There is a, um, a removing. I remove myself from the object that I'm studying. And... It's called sometimes the sage that this type five uh, really it's uh, it's looking to to accumulate knowledge and they conserve energy. They are very um, interested in in that. And the point is that that lesson of the beautiful lesson that type five gives us. It's 
for me is twofold. On one on one side is a beautiful thing that we need to learn to be able to sit as the observer. So that's beautiful. When we remove ourselves from whatever it is that we're trying to understand, we will have incomplete understanding because we need to be with to understand really. Uh, Then we have type six and type six is um, sometimes called the questioner, uh, skeptic, so type six is the one that, you know, recently I had a client and she was telling me about her last job and how much she she was misunderstood. And she was always pointing out what could go wrong. And it was an institution that really liability was huge. So I imagine that her place there was very important. But they, the, the thing is that the Enneagram gives us a common language and, and a shared understanding. So had they known this about her, they would have probably appreciated what she was bringing instead of seeing her as always the, the one who, the, who was uh, being oppositional or questioning that things would not go right. So the type six is the one that is always focusing to what could go wrong and get ready for that. Um, as as I as I said, I think they they have a great place in in teams like we all do really. Um, type seven, fun, light, um, uh, possibilities. All these words are in that energy of the type seven. We are. Um, in type seven, the, the world is so big and so wide and so oh amazing that why bother with uh, pain and why bother with these things that um, if there is so much amazing stuff in the world. And so it, for type seven, uh, the, 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 the journey is of sobriety. Sobriety, <clears throat> it's just to wake up to, again, this is present moment awareness, um, how wonderful life is right now without needing to jump into possibilities of the future. So type sevens are future oriented, like type fours are past oriented. Um, so it's just to recognize um, that, that they're okay, that they're okay that they're taking care of, that the present moment is, is just is just fine. Um, type eight. <laughs> so it's it's interesting that you mentioned that what happened to you. So there is a, a an energy of um, you know type eight also wants it's type eight is focused on justice and they want to they want to be with others, I think in a similar way as to type two. Um, but, you know, type two focuses on doing things and service, type eight. And type eight will, in a situation or in a place, if there is a vacuum of leadership, a type eight will, will fill it, fill that vacuum. Um, and go ahead and do what, what needs to be done. It's lots of action, as I said, that the, the eight, nine, and one in the action center, the gut center, lots of action, um, strong leaders um, doing, and, um, and, and they, are, they are strong, and they're strongly uh, protecting something very delicate inside. And is what they fight for. And when I said injustices, right, they would not um, stand the uh, the abuse or someone weaker or smaller than them to, to be disrespected. So in the end, they're protecting that part of themselves that maybe was disrespected at some point. And they create this huge shield and protection with this strength and power um, and that the journey is precisely to uh, go back to that innocence and vulnerability and that 
you know, we, we can admire in a leader to have that aspect um, in them. And then we get to type nine. So nine sits at the top of the Enneagram uh, figure. It's like um, letting all the, the harmony and the peace flow down to all of us, the other types. Type nine, again, body type, they are, um, they, their focus is h- harmony. They want always everything to be harmonious, peaceful. So they can uh, sacrifice their own needs, like type two, like type two. So that's, this is one thing, re- reminds me of one thing, the Enneagram. So we are not talking about behavior because behaviors can look alike. So a type two and a type nine behaving can look alike, but the motivation is different. So type twos can for self-forget their own needs and uh, type nines too. But the difference is that type two, type two comes from a place of um, doing for others, so they forget about what they even need. Type nines is because they don't want to rock the boat; they want to just get along and be in harmony. So it's okay, you know, it's okay if we don't. It's okay, but in inside, they there is something that remains, and um, the the work for type nine is to uh, be, become visible because they, they tend to um, become invisible and they, they precisely, um, let's say, they don't like this. They don't like that to not feel, to feel invisible, but they themselves contribute to that. So for type nine, the, the, um, the work, the journey and in this um, holy love and um, the value of peace, um, but without them, without taking themselves out of the picture, a little bit like type nine, like type five, but in the sense of uh, them staying with what they feel, staying with what they need, and still have a relationship that is not broken. Um, So to take conflict in and work with it without just putting it aside and putting themselves aside with it. There you go. That was a quick, quick travel. (laughs) It was. And I am so grateful to you. Um, Again, I was over here taking notes. Um, and I, so to reiterate to the listeners, right, we would never want to try to take whatever 10, 15 minutes and try to give all of the nets just not even possible. It is a very rich, deep, complex tool. Um, but I thank you so much, Claudia, for just giving that little bit of like an appetizer, just so people can hear a little bit about it. Maybe someone heard something and was like, ooh, that, that, and that. It's not uncommon to to see yourselves in multiple types because we have all of these types in us. And I think one of the, the biggest things that I've taken away from the Enneagram hasn't been as much the specifics of the types as much as we're not looking at behavior. We're looking at motivation. And we are a very behavior heavy culture where we see something or hear something or observe something and we move to judgment um, about what we see, but so much is underneath. Now, obviously I, I, I swim in those waters all the time, you know, as a therapist, but I, I think this is so, so rich and so um, key to just, like I said, adding texture to our understanding of human personality, humanity, and our relationship. So Claudia, that was so awesome. You know, when I started learning about the Enneagram, I really only knew three, (laughs) the three types that were important to me were my own, my mother's, and my husband's. And so I'm a two, my mother is a one, and my husband is a nine. And so when I was hearing talk, it was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so first of all, yep, yep, yep. Um, and when you, when we talk about the interesting things between the two and the nine, so Jay and I, you know, in some ways people 
may think that we're very different. And we were like, no, we're so similar, but those motivations really are different, but they can present in very similar ways. Um, So yeah, it is just so fascinating and I love it. So I am very optimistic that this has been helpful um, to someone who's going to listen and be like, oh, I've heard people talking about that or that's interesting. So I will ask you to provide information. If someone heard something, they're just intrigued about the Enneagram. Do you have any advice of how they might lean into learning more? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. So there are, I think there are a ton of tests online, um, some free, some you pay, and uh, I'm not sure that, you know, as we, we've said before, we are complex beings. These um, Enneagram has a lot of depth and texture. And it is hard for a test to capture all that. So there is that. And I, I'm, I, I studied one instrument, which is the IQ9. And that's a test that has 95% validity. And uh, people take a test, which is like 45 minutes or depends on the person, but around 40, 45 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe. And um, it gives the person a report that is, that is that is very, very thorough, very thorough, with specific exercises, specific guidance, even in aspects like communication, feedback, teamwork, and so on. And there is a, a more, a shorter version for people uh, if they want to focus only on this personal stuff. The, the, the standard version is more for people who are, in work settings. So that's something that I can, that I know I've studied and I know it has great validity. Um, and it gives you, again, it's a, it's a very dense report. So I would advise that if people go that route, uh, hopefully they get a coach that can kind of talk, people can talk with someone because it can be shocking or you know, you start relating with a lot of information. So you need perspective. That would be good. If you, if people uh, who are listening, um, there, I know of some people that decide to self-study and start reading books. Uh, okay, I, I'm not going to say don't do it. Just, just be aware that um, some people might get very confused. Type sixes tend to question everything so they might they might start questioning their type and even if they get typed by someone so again uh, it can be done in my opinion it might take a long time and patience and and kind of being um, an observer of reactions reactivity within us when we start relating to this uh, information so yeah people can read and, and find their type on their own. Um, what else? What else is there? So I, I guess it's test. That's too, because it's inter- when you start reading and studying this, you want to know your own type. So I think um, knowing the type and then studying, in, in my opinion, might be a, a nice sequence. But people can also just study uh, about the enneagram uh, and that's and that's that and let the the type emerge or let that awareness emerge. As far as resources, I like the enneagram institute has a lot of resources, videos, and and written stuff that people can just look up online, or or buy a book and 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 go deep into that. Yes. Is that, does that answer your question? No. Yeah. That answers very well. And uh, the resources you've given us, we'll make sure they're in the show notes so people can have access to that. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I am very grateful that you brought your, your knowledge um, and you know, what you've learned from the Enneagram uh, to the podcast, because again, I do think it's, it, it's rich 
Um, it adds texture. But I also want to, you know, just say that people have spent like uh, their lives work studying the Enneagram. And one thing that um, scares me about a lot of things, not just the Enneagram, is once something gains popularity, because it's not new, the Enneagram is not new at all, but there has been this um, emergent uh, popularity that it has. And with that come a lot of people who want to make things really simple, right? They want to make things really simple, really easy and and monetize, mm-hmm. um, you know, giving people information really quick. And that happens across everything that you can think of. So there is a caution that I personally want to throw out there, you know, that there are that this is a, a a very, like we keep saying, deep, rich, textured tool that has been studied for a really, really, really long time. And I'm just saying that to say that if you spend 30 minutes on the internet and you come away thinking you're an Enneagram expert, I just want to pause you and say you're not. <laughs> no matter how, how good you think that one website was or that one text or even the one book you read. So that that is the thing that I want to say. Um, is that, you know, people who are looking to look into it, definitely encouraging it, but knowing that, you know, I don't want to minimize the depth of this tool um, by that. So anyway, with that, um, I want to ask you, Claudia, how how does this tool in your studying of the Enneagram lend to your labor of love? How do you use this in the many things that you do regarding integration and unifying? Mm, yeah. Well, well, as I, when I was describing the types, I frequently refer to kind of like a, a two sides of the coin kind of thing, right? So the study of the Enneagram has, has helped me tremendously in, um, in this integration, in this accepting and embracing, and embracing um, from from many points of view. So one is that not everyone is like me. So at least, you know, I mentioned that uh, the types um, have this has more levels, and one of them is the instincts. So depending on the instinctual bias, each type. Has three subtypes. Uh, the way the instinctual bias uh, relates to the um, to the vice of each type, and um, so we would end up with twenty seven types at this point. And then there are the wings, and there are many other things. But let's say that it has helped me to to accept and realize and respect and honor, you know, that there are at least eight more kinds of people out in the world. So it's integration in this sense. Um, And we all have a a legitimate and valuable and rich place um, at the table. So that's one. And the other one, especially for me that, um, and and this this is an ongoing practice. This is another thing. It's not that you study one day and then or or two days or one year or 10 years or whatever and you get to a point that you are you graduate right you're a professional you are whatever perfect or um better or better than others or no or ready for i don't know what it is ongoing so for me it's, it's still it's always it's every day uh, noticing when I go back to sleep, I like to say this. So Gurdjieff, one of the main people in this Enneagram world, he used to say uh, that we're all machines. We're all machines. And that's pretty hard to swallow, to think, well, no, I'm not a machine. But the Enneagram has provided me with with um, that guidance moment to moment when I see that I go back to sleep, that I go back to being a machine and reacting just because I am this way, right? We are so proud. Like I, what I was saying, when we when we learn a little bit about our little room, no, well, I am 
I like in my case, right, as a type one, I, I just like things to be perfect. I just like to be responsible. I, this is just who I am. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> it's precisely who I am not. But by being that, by being that, I have become so good at so many things that I can bring. But the other things that I judge as not so good are, are also good at any given time. But there is a point in which if I can let go, I can see that other perspective. So it, it, there it comes the integration. And that happens, you know, for, for I just mentioned my own, my own journey, but it happens to, to all types. And when I, when I am in a coaching session with a client, and again, I, I am aware, I'm monitoring my own oneness, right? Wanting to be right, r- wanting to give my client uh, something good uh, because I need to be I need to be good I am aware of that and I think okay this is thank you <laughs> I, we can I can park this aside and release into the present moment and trust that whatever it is is unfolding um, so the, all these are 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 ways that uh, the Enneagram has helped me in this quest of integration within myself and and with others in in all aspects of my life really in my personal life my professional life um in everything no that's beautiful thank you i i just i yeah i enjoy this so much and enjoy talking to you and when you talk about you know monitoring your oneness i think about my two-ness often in the role that i play as a therapist um, and how I have to be aware of that. And um, I, what learning um, some about myself through the lens of the Enneagram has helped me realize is how much of my life I spent giving to receive love, whether it's giving my time, uh, my expertise, in some instances, my body, all of those things just to kind of get the love. And And that has been so just helpful for me to understand. I remember being um, through the hive at an Enneagram class and this stuck with me, man. It it was something we were uh, broken up by type and I was in a triad with two other twos and we were just having a conversation. And one of them said, you know, I just had to learn that it's okay not to be helpful. And like, I was like, excuse me, what? Huh? Wait, I I, ha- I literally had to write the sentence down. That's how foreign the concept was to me. And I, I began to go on this journey of, I'm not even talking about like, you know, if someone asked me for help and me giving the help they're asking for, but I used to say my superpower was anticipating the needs of others before they anticipated and meeting it before they even knew they had a need. I, that was a, 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 a um, prideful for me. I I was glad that I could do that. When I began to realize, you know, my my functioning as a type two and my trauma that lended to that, then I began to ask myself, is this mine to do? Mm. You know, and in all of these other questions, knowing that it's okay to not forsake my own needs, it's been helpful. And then it's really helped me when I'm engaging with other people to step back enough, not to just immediately make up a story about why someone is doing something. Um, And, you know, another person um, that I've been able to learn some from about the Enneagram, Leslie Hirschberger, um, she was doing a brief overview of the, of the nine types, just like you just did, but she made a statement about the ones. And it was, I believe the statement she said, you know, as a one, the way I show you, I love you is to fix you. And Mm. that resonated so much. And that's when I realized my mother was a one. (laughs) And I was like, oh, Mm. or at least very, very operates all, but she's a one. Um, And so that has changed how I've conceptualized past interactions and current interactions. And as much as I want to just kind of react to this thing, I step back and go, okay, she's acting very heavily out of that one. And like I said, my husband being a nine, like it, it's, it's a really big thing. Like, especially when I go to my eight and I am big and powerful and leading and he's very like, Hey, it's all good. You know, 
it's all good. And it's like, it's not all good. You know, it's just all of these things that I begin to learn as I just look through this lens. It's been tremendously helpful. One of my really good friends, she's a five. And that is like that thing where I say something and then she sends me six text messages with articles and books <laughs> and information. And all I did was casually mention something. And and if I don't understand it, at least from this lens of she is she accumulates knowledge and she wants me to have that knowledge when I'm like, oh, I wasn't, that wasn't even a real thing. Like that was just the thought on a whim. And she, bam, she has the research for me. Um, She also never buys anything at full price because she will find the deal. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I love the complexity of it. And I love that all, all of these types are needed. And, Mm -hmm. and I love that there's no hierarchy of it's a, it's a circle. There's not a hierarchy of who's better or who's worse. So that has been tremendously, tremendously helpful. Um, can let's segue for a second into your yoga practice. I would love for people just to know a little bit about that and how that contributes to your labor of love. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I. Hmm. I like to share when I talk about my yoga practice, I like to share. So I, I was, I've been doing yoga myself for, I don't remember, maybe 20 years. And uh, when I went with the UN to Angola, um, there was just one place where we could practice. And so I, the deputy of the UN asked me to start a class for the people in the building. And I did. And then, um I went from Angola, I went back to Colombia, but in a very remote place, and I ended up again being asked, can you teach? And I ended up teaching, but I wasn't certified. I wasn't a certified teacher by then. So kind of yoga found me. And uh finally, when after Nigeria, um I asked Danny if we could come to the States so I could get certified and and I am certified in Jiva Mukti. Jiva Mukti means it comes from Jiva Mukta, which is Jiva is the soul, the individual soul, a Jiva, right? And Mukta is liberation. So Jiva Mukti uh, is a system, a yoga system that um, the intention is to be live, liberated while while living right here, not wait until we go to the other side. And um, so it's 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 a powerful yoga style. And when I started teaching, now as a teacher, certified teacher, right, I would be very one niche. So I would prepare my classes millimetrically. So I would then prepare the playlist and make everything like be perfect when I'm doing an intro, I'm introducing this sequence, this song will start playing. And then, of course, it didn't. And it threw me off and I would be just saying, oh, I'm doing a horrible job. And now I would get uh, distracted and what? Absent, right? I would remove myself from from the moment and from the room and from service and from everything that I intended to do. So I changed. And for me, it's not that structure is not important. So structure is for me and for everyone, I think uh, it's important. I, but the point is that things don't get in the way. So I, I have a structure. We all, we all Jiva Mukti teachers get a focus of the month uh, that we incorporate. It's an essay that we incorporate in any way. Maybe the the kinds of sequences that we build, or the music, or we read poetry, or anything. And with that, so I, I choose that focus, part of that essay, what is it that I'm going to focus on today? And I do that, and then I am completely present. I am right there. And now that I'm, we're teaching online, I'm, I'm teaching online, at the beginning it was, it was hard. Um, again, going back to that headspace, right? Oh, how do I look in the camera? And are they listening to me? And then I would uh, perform. I would um, demonstrate, which I usually don't. If I'm in person, I am there. So I, I would look at people and I would say things that would 
be of service for alignment or or anything that I that I observe. So in online, I had to I had to demonstrate, right? Uh, but by now, I'm feeling more in that flow. I'm feeling more more again in that place of service of being there with what is, which is not teaching in person, which is is not what matters is what it is and what we can do with what it is. Um, so it's yoga. I often go into the space, mental space, felt sense of teaching yoga. Uh, I want to go there when I am in other aspects of my life, when I am in my uh, coaching uh, mode or any any other thing because for me, teaching yoga is really a gift. It's a gift of presence. I have some, um, there was a poet that used to come to my class and sometimes still comes. And she told me once, you know, I wrote a beautiful poem after your class. So it's these things what, again, facilitate uh, whatever it is that people need in the moment. Um, but I can do it now because I release that rigidity of performing and supposedly doing. It was about me. It wasn't about people. So the change of perspective really, really helped. That is awesome. And I love the, yeah, sometimes we just have to get out of our own way. <laughs> Yes. And when we do that, uh, beautiful, beautiful things happen. Um, Claudia, I have enjoyed this so much. I always enjoy uh, spending time with you. And I just believe that, you know, so much valuable information was given. So, Claudia, if someone um, was intrigued by something you said or they want to get in touch with you or they're interested in your coaching services or anything else that you do, how can people find you and what can you do for them? Yes, thank you, Lashanda. Uh, of course, on my website, um, profluence.co, and I think you will include this in your notes, so I'm not going to even um, spell it. Um, and my, my email, C as in Claudia Lopez at profluence.co. I'm also on social media, but not very active. Um, and of course I forgot to mention, uh, I do type in interviews for individuals. And as I said, I'm certified with the IEQ nine, which is that amazing tool. And, um, I can also facilitate the understanding after you take the test so you can contact me and um, if you're interested for you for your team this is beautiful because you can aggregate the the different types and you would get a type for the team and we can work with that rich information for powerful change Um, so you can get in touch with me and we'll talk more about it I can send you the links to take the test. We'll get the report and we get going. Now, that sounds amazing. And I can imagine um, that being a very, very rich and useful tool for teams, no matter whether it's business or organizationally, even families. But so, uh, so yes, if you have those needs, please reach out to Claudia. And I always like to ask my guests to provide some little known, interesting or fun fact about themselves. So what can you share with us? Hmm, A fun fact. Well, I, I like, I like to write. I, I don't know. I, I listen to your podcast about writing. And uh, I should be saying that I'm a writer, but I'm not quite there yet. Hmm. Um, yes, I, I, I write. Um, I never consider myself a poet. I'm working on a novel, but um, I, I am in a group, a writing group. And my teacher said, you, are, you have the voice of a poet. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of delving into poetry now, but... Um, very shyly. Yes. 
Okay. The writer, Claudia. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing. Claudia, thank you for spending the time um, to just spend time with me and my listeners. And I genuinely appreciate being able to connect with you, even though we haven't seen each other in a while. It's always amazing. So thank you for being my guest. Thank you, Lashanda. I really enjoyed, as always, talking with you. And um, I'm happy to be of service to your listeners. And, and thank you so much for this invitation. Of course. And to my listeners, as always, I thank you for tuning in. If you would like to get in touch with me, if you have suggestions for content or guests, please reach out to us at our website, www.thelaborsoflove.com. We're on all the major social media outlets. Don't forget our YouTube channel where every Thursday we come out with a Therapy Thursday video. And of course, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen to the podcast. Until we connect again, you all be well.